It was a bit of a squash, as we were seven up, so I sat on the floor and leant back against the knees of some young woman. I'm sure she was delightful, but her knees were bony. They very nearly kept me awake. The next thing I remember was our driving into the courtyard of Queen Anne's Mansions. There were several entrances to the flats round this courtyard, and we stopped at the one in the middle of the right-hand side. We all got out, and then there was a discussion. These good souls wanted us to go up to their flat and have a drink, and Colonel Brand said he would, and I was just beginning to say I was afraid I couldn't stop, when the hall porter chipped in and said the car couldn't stop where it was. If it was going to be left for any length of time, it would have to be parked in the middle of the quad by the fountain. So our five friends went inside, leaving Colonel Brand and me on the pavement. I want to make this bit quite clear, if you don't mind. He moved the car out to the middle. There were several others there, all in a row. And then he came back and said, Do come up, just for a few minutes. It's only a quarter past eleven. And I said, Don't think me awfully ungracious, but I'm really not in a fit state. Make my apologies to Mrs. What's-her-name, and for pity's sake, let me go on sleeping. So he said, all right, and went in, and I went across and got into the car. It was a bit public there, so in order not to look too much like an exhibit in a glass case, instead of sitting on the seat, I arranged myself in my old position, that is to say, on the floor, leaning back against the seat, and I closed my eyes once more. I don't know how long the peculiar lacuna lasted, but the next thing I was aware of was that we were no longer standing still. We were proceeding along the road at a rate of knots. This didn't worry me, of course, because it only meant that Colonel Brand had started up without calling me and was running me home. But when we shot across Putney Bridge, it was clear that there was something wrong somewhere. There just aren't any bridges between Queen Anne's mansions and where I live. So I raised myself up a few inches and took a cautious look forward. That did give me a surprise, if you like, because it wasn't Colonel Brand driving. It was a much smaller man in a bowler hat. Well, it didn't take me very long to realise that this cove, whoever he was, had walked in and stolen the car without noticing that he got me too, and I wished him joy of me. The question was how best to deal with the situation without spoiling it. In theory, One would have throttled the desperado from behind with one hand and stopped the car with the other. In actual practice, it wouldn't have worked. To begin with, we were averaging a good forty, and meeting stuff which was doing a jolly sight more, so we should have been safe for a head-on. And to my mind, a head-on collision, though the quickest, is not the best method of pulling up. I know, because I've tried it. There was another thing, too. Even if we'd had luck and not crashed, and I'd handed my man over to a bobby. He'd have probably got off in the long run by saying he'd only borrowed the car. So I came to the conclusion that it would be a far better show to sit tight and see where we went. As you probably know, it's the receivers of stolen cars who are the important people to catch. I huddled down as much out of sight as possible, and did my utmost not to doze off, but I'm afraid I must have done, because I found some time later We'd left the main road without my knowledge, and were going through a whole lot of narrow country lanes. Finally, 
After a good long time, on the way up a big hill, we turned in at some gates and stopped. My friend got down and opened the doors of obviously a garage, turned the car round and backed it in. I decided that the time was still unripe for making my presence known, so I let him switch off the lights and lock up undisturbed. As soon as his footsteps had died away, I got out of the car and had a look round. At least it wasn't a look round, it was more of a feel round. He wouldn't have done to show a light. The garage was a fair size, and there was another car in it, so the gang or whatnot had evidently had a good day. The doors were firmly padlocked on the outside, but that wasn't very serious, because the staples the padlock was fastened to were bolted through the doors with nuts of those bolts on the inside. All one had to do was undo the nuts with a spanner and emerge, which I did. On my left as I came out.